0: Imagine you're on your way to work. It's the same route you take every morning. So you're kind of zoning out. And suddenly, you hit the brakes and come to a stop in the road. Traffic. But you start to notice people getting out of their cars, frantically looking and pointing at something across the road. You worry that maybe there's been a crash or something bad has happened. But curiosity overtakes you. And you get out to look, too. And what's standing before you is an unmistakable American icon—the Statue of Liberty herself. But you're not in New York City; you're staring at a river in Pennsylvania. And so it just it it sort of
1: showed up out of out of nowhere. Uh, yes, that's uh, that's the uh, impression everybody had that was traveling uh, along the river that day, and it just showed up. I'm Dylan
0: Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. A celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're joined by Pennsylvania native Gene Stilp. He is a lawyer and an activist, and he is going to tell us what happened in 1986, when a replica of a famous national landmark mysteriously appeared through the fog on the Susquehanna River. After this. along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com.
1: You like to watch new
0: stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Gene has spent his whole life in Pennsylvania. And as I found out,
1: he really loves it. I live in uh, a place called Fishing Creek Valley above Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and uh I'm an, I'm an activist, a citizen activist uh, in Pennsylvania and other parts of the country. What's it like where you live? Uh, I live along the Susquehanna River, a couple of miles from the Susquehanna River, which is uh, about 400 miles long, and uh, going through Pennsylvania and uh, part of New York. And uh, it's just beautiful here. We get four seasons, and uh, it's a very, very good place, place to live. A good place that experienced something pretty weird
0: a few decades ago. Just a few days before the 4th of July in 1986, a Statue of Liberty appeared outside of Harrisburg on a bridge pier in the middle of the Susquehanna River. It wasn't the real Statue of Liberty, it was a much smaller version. But when the statue first appeared back in the 1980s, Jean and many others were fascinated. It quite literally stopped people in their
1: tracks there was fog on the river that morning and the statue started coming out of the fog and people who were passing by, uh, started to see the statue just floating there on the fog. They didn't even see the pier. And then what happened is that they started calling radio stations and TV stations. And then the the statue came, uh, if you will, out of the fog with the the pier being exposed now. And they saw the full extent of it. So, uh, uh, next thing you know, there were people stopping and it, at the time, it was, a, it was a dangerous type of road for people to stop. And so uh, uh, my understanding is that people started uh, bumping into each other, car accidents there. Next thing you know, the state police are there. Next thing you know, there's all kind of traffic there. Next thing you know, there's TV <laughs> stations there. Next thing you know, there's radio stations there. And uh, on both sides of the river, because there's uh, Route 15 on the west side and there's Route 322 on the east side. So it was a traffic jam and a... Uh, My understanding is that the uh, police wanted to find out who did this.
0: It was impossible to miss. Using the 32-foot-high bridge pier as a pedestal, the statue itself was almost 18 feet high, about as tall as an adult giraffe. But as you looked closer, the statue's unique makeup became more apparent.
1: And the odd thing about it, it was made out of old Venetian blinds vertically, and... uh, some internal plywood so half inch internal plywood with a four by four post in the middle and there was an old uh old uh construction torch on the arm top of the arm sounds like the town had a pretty
0: uh big reaction to it um yeah what were people sort of saying at the time
1: uh <laughs> they wanted to know where it came from it was just a, a big uh a big investigation if you will a big uh media track down to find out how it got there and all that and uh and my understanding is that the uh, the uh, person who did it, uh, plus the helpers who helped raise it up there, uh, took a uh, took a, if you will, a, uh, a vow not to speak about it, how it got there. And so so that's what happened, uh, as I understand it. Did the culprit ever come forward? Well, culprit's sort of a criminal word.
0: I don't think. It was any <laughs> <culprits at all. laughs> well, I guess I'll put it a different way. Gene, do you have a confession to make?
1: Well. It's like this, um, the Statue of Liberty on Susquehanna was put up on the, uh, for the anniversary of the um, real Statue of Liberty, and then it was supposed to be taken down as quietly as it went up there. But people liked it so much that, uh, uh, that the person who made it decided just to leave it there. And eventually, uh, eventually it came out that, uh, yes, I was the person who made the uh, that Susquehanna Lady Liberty. Yeah.
0: You heard that right. It was Gene the whole time. (laughs) You are the creator of the Susquehanna Lady Liberty. Yes, yes, that's true. So, plot twist, it was Gene. He, along with a bunch of friends and colleagues, were behind putting up the statue. But who were these people to Gene? And how exactly did they get it up there? So, you, you did the deed. Take me through that that fateful night. You are on the banks of the river with this 17-foot long statue, mini Statue of Liberty. Who's with you? What's the plan?
1: We had a number of uh, persons who knew how to operate pretty good on the river, and also we had access to a few John boats. John boats are flat-bottom boats, and we had the biggest one we could find that would fit uh, fit it in there. And my dad was with us. He was uh, huh. an old carpenter and he was uh, in his uh, mid-70s and he was able to uh, basically um, secure it in the boat uh, with, with his carpenter skills, just brace it correctly and was laying, laying horizontally and then with uh, a number of gentlemen and women who uh, were on hand, we launched that boat into the river and we had to direct it out into the stream above the statue because we didn't want it to be swept down river. Uh, just about at dusk we, we uh, had launched so that we could do this this deed under the cover of darkness we got out there and uh, one of the fellas uh, was a good climber so he um, free climbed the rock a 32 foot railroad pair, a difficult task yeah. he um, he uh, let down a big rope and then we all hampered up there and after we attached four ropes to the statue laying horizontally and then uh, with five of us up there we started to lift the statue horizontally up the up the side of the pier and the top of the pier is very narrow it's only eight foot six inches and so we had to be very careful up there so nobody plunged to their death uh, on the uh, if you will the uh, the rocks and river below a very dangerous thing no ladders involved Hmm. at all it's pitch dark except for uh, lights coming from the uh, the highway, um, you know, a quarter mile away. And so we just sort of stood it up as best we could and aimed it as best we could for the best view that would, the people would see the next day. And then we took the very heavy stones and placed it on the, um, on the cross ties at the bottom of the statue hmm. to hold it there. Then we uh, slowly uh, lowered ourselves down the pair and uh, put the rope back and then we uh, Got in the boats and uh, went back to the shore. And then we all went, uh, found a late, late bar that was open and pizza. And so I think uh, one or two o'clock we had pizza and beer. And uh, then we uh, uh, took that vow of silence. So the vow of silence held for a long time.
0: Gene couldn't remember exactly how long that vow of silence was supposed to last. But It was clear that curiosity built in the years following the statue's appearance. Gene was known around town for other political statements, so he garnered a lot of suspicion. He led demonstrations protesting nuclear energy and war efforts during his college years, so reporters were quick to look in his direction. What was it like knowing... uh that you had made this statue and that there was all of this like
1: hubbub about it. It sure made me smile a lot, okay? It made me smile a lot. And, uh, and also, there was one woman from the PBS station here who uh, had an inkling, okay? And uh, so um, um, when she called me, I gave her the best denial speech I ever gave about uh, denial, and uh, she, uh, I convinced her that it wasn't me. <laughs> what, what did, wait, what did you say? <laughs> what did you say? What was your alibi? First of all, uh, I said, I heard about it. I heard about it. And uh, I heard about the statue. I said, I went to see it. It's very nice. And then I said, uh, basically, uh, um, no, I think uh, I've uh, done other things in the past in demonstrations. I said, but this is, this, is, this is something way beyond me. I, I have no ability to do that. So, uh, so she believed me. So that was that.
0: It didn't stop other media from speculating and characterizing the statue as either a prank or a random act. But for Jean, the statue meant something really specific. It was meant to honor a monument that he held very dear to his heart
1: well, first of all, it was not a prank, okay? It was to honor the Statue of liberty in New york City and uh, so it was a uh, something to honor her when i was uh, when I was young, I uh, went on a class trip to New York City and uh, went to the Statue of Liberty in i think ninth grade and uh, I always appreciated what the Statue of liberty stood for and uh just knew about the statue, and I uh, always liked it. When it came time for the 100th anniversary, I said, well, what can we do here, right here in Harrisburg? And so coming down the river in May, I see the pier out there. I said, that's perfect. I'll put the uh, put a Statue of Liberty there. It took about two weeks to make, and uh, I remember getting a little model of the Statue of Liberty that was about six inches long and slicing it uh, like a pickle, uh, okay, mm-hmm. like pickle slices, and then measuring that on graph paper, and then Expanding that to, uh, to fit a uh, large, uh, uh, a large, piece, large piece of paper, figuring out the circumferences for different portions of the statue, uh, and mm. uh, facing it about one, one foot each. Uh, close up, she wasn't too pretty, but from the dip from the <laughs> riverbank, uh, uh, she glowed. In 1992,
0: the statue was blown away during a bad storm. But by that time, the town had begun to think of it as a kind of local icon. And they rallied to raise money for its replacement. It uh, felt good that people uh, people liked the
1: concept. And uh, we got uh, amazing uh, letters from all over the country I saved them all. Uh, and also uh, from uh, servicemen overseas and servicewomen overseas. And, uh, you know, it's sort of a blur, uh, the history of it. But uh, the bottom line is that... Uh, uh, we started on the making of the new one, and the new one, I figured, uh, would have to be more permanent. And so uh, started on, on that.
0: The refurbished mini Statue of Liberty is still standing today and still attracts plenty of attention all these years later. If you want to take a look, just walk to the edge of the river and wait for the fog to part. Do uh, Do people still ask you about it?
1: Yes, I just got a call from Atlas Obscura.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) here we are. This episode was produced by Gabby Gladney. The production team includes
1: Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka,
0: Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire. Our technical director is
1: Casey Holford.
0: This episode was mixed by
1: Luce Fleming.
0: And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.